Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Then Again. I'm Libba Beecham, Interim Executive Director here at the Northeast Georgia History Center at Brunel University, and I'm really excited for our guest today from Brunel University. We have Madie Cooper Ashirifi, and she is the Chair of the Department of Dance at Brunel University and the Chair for the Nyansopo Kente Stole Ceremony, a new tradition at Brunel that we'll be discussing today. Madie, welcome to Then Again. Thank you so much for having me. So, Maria, how long have you been at Brunel, and what was the journey to becoming the chair of the dance department there? Well, actually, I am a product of Brunel Dance Department. I am an alum. I came back to Brunel uh, in 2015 as a visiting assistant professor, and I just really just started diving deep as soon as I got here. Unfortunately, uh, when I got here, my mentor and then now my coworker was recently diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Jolie Long Carlton. Mm-hmm. And so under her mentorship, under the couple of years there, when I started, she just inspired me to really push this department even further. And as I mentioned, as an alum, she was also my teacher. So I was obviously inspired by her. And when she passed away, I was asked by her family to speak at her memorial service. Mm. And that speech alone and that moment also empowered me to know that I am following in in big footsteps because she has definitely led and laid the groundwork along with the other two chairs and professors prior to me who were also my professors. And so I knew that I wanted to continue that tradition and then obviously with more nuanced approaches and progressive approaches aligned with today's youth and dance career outcomes. So that's my journey. And since 2015. Wow. I mean, that's a, that's a really beautiful story to have been a student at Brunel to have probably seen it grow in so many different ways over the years since your time as a student, but now you get to take your experience as a former Brunel student and alumna and bring that to the students that you're teaching. And like you said, not only bring that mentorship and the, and these traditions and your own experiences to the dance department, but sort of keeping that, that legacy of those mentors that meant so much to you. I, I think that's something that's really special about a, especially like a smaller school like Brunel. I personally also had that sort of smaller school, all women's college experience, uh, at least my first year of college at at Converse College in South Carolina. So I kind of relate to that Brunel experience. And it really is special when you have mentors and professors and teachers and fellow students that you can really take time with. And I I wonder if that's been the case with you at Brunel as a professor. Do you feel like you're able to create closer relationships because it is a smaller campus? Oh, most definitely. Uh, and actually, I came from a large institution so I've been in higher ed a little over 10 years now. So wow. my first institution where I taught was Middle Tennessee State University. Okay, yeah. In Middle in Murfreesboro, Middle Tennessee. And one of the what I've noticed in many performing arts departments, no matter how big the university is, there is this ability that of artists to really come together because we work with each other. 24-7, seven days a week virtually, especially when we're curating, producing, creating art, dance. 
we have this ability to, I would say not ability, but this affinity to always Mm -hmm. be around with one another, because that's when our creativity begins to stir up. And then we get to produce and discuss and share and hopefully mold some beautiful art dance to the the greater audiences. And so with Brunel, yes, I, there is this still smallness and uh, connectiveness that is embedded within an apartment. But once again, coming from a larger school, I'm elated that I get to know and have personal relationships with other professors, other students outside of my department, which, you know, lends itself to be very helpful. And also we collaborate because I'm a huge proponent of collaboration. Mm -hmm. And then also having access to talk to our upper administration sharing ideas, giving insights. So that's really good to have that accessibility more so than at a larger university where you can't really reach the higher ups as, Mm -hmm. (laughs) as frequently as you would like. Um, But, you know, knowing me, I kind of got around with that. I know some others can't do that. But Brunel definitely does allow you to have personal relationships with everyone within the university. Yeah. And, and, you know, thinking as a, from the student's perspective, it, it's probably a lot easier to find community that way when you have that, that, you know, that tight knit connection, especially with your mentors. And I would imagine that that's in a sense why the Black Faculty and Staff Association was created to mm-hmm. make a, a more, you know, welcoming community on the Brunel campus. And I'm curious to know how that got created, how you became involved in that, and what the goals of that association are. Yeah, so I'm actually the president of the Black Faculty Staff Association, and it was myself and others who, you know, wanted to do something that Brunel needed, because as you know, Brunel has been steadily growing in a diverse way each year. Oh, yeah. And obviously, between 2010 up until now, diversity of students, and I'm talking about based on race, uh, has definitely grown, especially students of color. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things that we we found is that Brunel, as of recently, started to hire professors and staff of color even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found that, that it was very important that as our diversity of students was growing, that our faculty and staff needed to do the same. And so that way students can have and see us as a representation or seeing someone that looked like themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that that totally makes sense. And, you know, given mm-hmm. Brunel's, you know, long history, um, it's, it's really wonderful to see in Brunel's timeline that these kind of efforts are being made, that there are more uh, diverse there's a more diverse student body, but also mm-hmm. a, a faculty that represents the diversity of the student body. And not only, you know, diversity of you know backgrounds and cultures and race, but diversity of ideas as well, diversity of experiences. Mm-hmm. So important to uh, a college experience. So that's really wonderful. So in the Black Faculty and Staff Association, they have been the driving force for this new ceremony at graduation ceremonies. So we're actually recording this just after, you know, the spring 2023 graduation ceremony, which I'm sure was a lot of excitement and a big whirlwind for uh, faculty, staff, and and all the employees. And, you know, this is such an exciting time for Brunel students. Uh, as you know, looking back on your own time at Brunel, 
So before we dive into this new tradition of the Nyan Sopo Kente stole ceremony, I'm kind of curious what the already established traditions of Brunel are. I mean, of course, we don't have, I'm sure there are quite a lot given the the many student organizations that there are and its long history. But during this time of graduation, are there already established traditions that students participate in during this time? Yeah, many departments, such as nursing, the PT program, OT program, obviously have their pinning ceremonies and their hooding ceremonies. Also, there are honor societies that have small ceremonies giving out honor cords or honor pins to the honorees. So those are have always been in place. And with those pinnings and hoodings and honor ceremonies, usually that is catered to those who are invited or within the department or who have met the criteria. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I felt that, and so many of my colleagues as well, we felt that it was important to have an inclusive ceremony to honor each student no matter if they're undergrad or grad, because this is open to all. Mm-hmm. We wanted to honor this idea of their journey, right? Understanding and acknowledging their journey through Brunel, obtaining their degree, overcoming adversity, obviously overcoming change, understanding change and embracing change mm-hmm. at the end of the day, to know that they're transitioning into a new life season. In many West African cultures, there's traditions to everything, to birth, to life, to growing into womanhood, growing into manhood, marriage. So there's a lot of rich traditions. And I felt that it was important. And mind you, this stole event, this stole ceremony is practiced at many other colleges. Oh, that's great to know. Yeah. This type of ceremony whether it's at a college or at a high school, but it is a practice tradition. And what that means is that this is honoring the honorees, the candidates into their new lives. And Mm -hmm. we usher it by family and friends. We also honor it with particular cloth. In many Africanistic traditions, as well as other traditions, there are symbolic symbols, whether it's in cloth, whether it's in design, architecture, jewelry, that indicates one's journey, Mm. one's acquirement of knowledge, and one's transition to their new life, to their new season of life. And so we felt that this was important for all students to participate. It is an African-based tradition, but Kente now has been seen and has been worn by many people who honor the understanding of Kente, which is is a type of cloth, woven cloth, that is laced with many colors and each color represents a virtue or a quality. Oh. So when when you say it's it's open to all, so are there it's not just black students that are receiving this ceremony, it's open to all backgrounds or is this specifically to honor the journey of black students in particular? Well, both. Okay, yeah. Both. <laughs> we had our first year of the Stole event which was last spring. We had a Caucasian student, and then we also had a a Hispanic student participate. That's really beautiful. And they chose to do that because they wanted to, you know, be a part of the ceremony. And then obviously, yes, majority of of the participants are those of African and African descent. But we ensure that students who are 
wanting to feel this transition and be a part of the ceremony, we're not going to, you know, put a block in front of them. We want to let them know that we are sharing their journey with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd find that to be really beautiful because this is such a a big time in a young person's life. And I think that a lot of, you know, young people today, they don't necessarily have as as strong of ties to traditions. Just the the demographics today, statistically speaking, there's just not as much opportunity to participate in more like traditional ceremonies like that. And to offer that to students of of every background that find that meaningful and give them that chance to reflect about the Mm -hmm. next stage of their life, but also what it took to get them there, what it took on behalf of other people to even have the opportunity to attend Brunel University. Mm -hmm. So I can definitely see this being a really momentous time in a student's life and to participate in a tradition, even if it's outside of your culture, in a sense, it's part of the Brunel culture in this mm-hmm. small community that you've created here. And I think that's that's really beautiful. And, and I'm curious, you, you mentioned some of these symbolic pieces of the Nyansopo Kente Stole Ceremony. And I, I you mentioned some of the, um, the colors that represent uh, virtues or qualities. There's also the design of it itself. Could you go into a, a little more detail about what each of these pieces of the ceremony symbolizes and what what students take away from that? Most definitely. And let me uh, just uh, also talk about the kente itself. And, and, you know, kente cloth has been around since 1700s. And it was established by this great chief, Chief Akinting. And he sanctioned weavers to create this kente cloth as a way, one, for the royalty, right? Mm. The uh, the nobility of the Ashanti people mm. or, the, or Ashanti and Asante people of Ghana. And the kente is usually wrapped around the bodies of, of the men, almost like a toga mm-hmm. set up. And then the women would wear it in a two-piece, a skirt and a, and a top. And so the colors obviously represent different virtues. So for instance, gold means serenity. Green means renewal. Blue Mm. means harmony. Red means passion. Black means union. Yellow means fertility. And so when you see these colors, which are your typical colors, yellow, black, red. Also, you see that in a lot of Black History Month um, flags or decorations. Those are actually coming from the colors of the kente cloth. Wow. You know, understanding unity, understanding harmony, understanding passion, understanding spirit. And so that is, um, those colors are woven into the kente, the soul event. And it's also to acknowledge one's heritage, mm-hmm. also to acknowledge one's uh, successful transition to a a new life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also know that you are being honored because as I mentioned, this is worn by royalty and nobility, but now it is worn as a sense of everyone is noble within themselves Mm -hmm. and everyone is special within themselves. And it allows uh, people and individuals to understand that they are royalty in their own way. Right, right. Yeah. Um, And so one of the... finishing your question about the stole event. So what occurs is that we have a, we have a processional, which is accompanied by a 
master drummer Kofi Mawuka, who mm-hmm. I actually dance for, oh, and he's a Ghanaian master drummer. Wow. And then we have words of wisdom from one of our professor of color. We, you know, rotate those, you know, who's going to speak. Yeah. Then we have administration greetings from like Dr. Edgar Provost. Uh, and then we go ahead into the ceremony. And what that involves is that all the stole events are laid out on a table. Each student comes up uh, and a student does have the option to either have their family, a staff or, or professor or myself to adorn them. Oh, nice. So yeah, I can see that being... We ask them ahead of time, who would you like to adorn you? And we work with that. So yeah. the student's name is called and the student walks across the stage and walks on across this fabric that is laid on the floor, which is kente, you know, another kente fabric. Mm-hmm. And that tradition actually pulls from my culture, which I am Liberian. Mm. And when there is a wedding or a graduation or a celebration, the women take off their lapas, which is a skirt made of different African print, kente print, all sorts of prints. And they lay the lapas down in a row like in a road formation. Yeah. And the student stands in the middle of that lapa to represent their transition from the past to the future. Wow. It's, it's symbolic of their journey. And then obviously them being adorned by their family, friends, professor, myself, and all of us, we are there to protect them. So we usher them into their new season. Wow. And part of when the student is adorned, I would say... Ayeko, which means be blessed. Mm. Yae means congratulations, which is the audience response. And then a student continues to walk across the fabric, ushering that new season. Wow. I, I That's really beautiful. And I love that, you know, the family can participate in this. The entire audience can participate in all of the students' journeys as we are wishing them, you know, congratulations and that sort of call and response tradition, bringing in so many different symbols into this. And I was also interested to hear that there's traditional drumming in, going on as well, which I'm sure can really add so much reverence to the atmosphere. You know, once once this ceremony has taken place, have you heard from students about what it meant to them and what that experience was like for them? Oh, oh my gosh. Immediately, I will. This particular student stood out uh, for me because she was a uh, an adult student graduating with her bachelor's. Initially, she was not able to participate because of the cost. Mm. Uh, and the cost is forty five dollars. Mm-hmm, that right. includes your the, the stole and then. Uh, the stole, and then we also have a uh, reception afterwards. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we talked about, if any student is interested and does not have the financial means, we're not going to allow that to stop them to participate. So mm-hmm. we helped for that student to participate. And she didn't have family and friends to come with her. So I adorned her. And wow. one of the things that she said was, you know, this means so much because Obtaining my bachelor's has been a 10-year journey. Wow, yeah. And all of the the adversity and the challenges that I encountered to get here, 
this ceremony, this acknowledgement, you know, obviously plus her diploma has made a difference to know that she is now in her new season of life. She is, and she was just elated, brought to tears and how mm-hmm. this really recognized her, you know, having family and, and having family, which was us, Brunel family, yeah. to usher her into her new, her new life. Wow. And that was memorable to her. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And one of the things, you know, with the Kente, I just want to add to, mm-hmm. you know, the Kente stole is an, even though you can buy replicated stoles on Amazon from manufacturing companies from all over, but our stoles are made in Ghana. Wow. So they're shipped from Ghana, which is why we plan very early, mm-hmm. um, only because of the shipping shipping piece, which takes a while. Right. And this is woven by master weavers, which is a high end skill set and mm-hmm. career, especially in many parts, in many countries in the continent of Africa. And yeah. so these uh, soul events are made with blessed hands, skilled hands. And so they are delicate. And so we take honor and passion and along with, and this is even very much how we make a drum or we make a calabash. It is symbolic because we are honoring those who are carving, who are weaving, who are making that instrument, that fabric. And it is a blessing that each thread is threaded into that, that fabric. There is a meaning, there is energy there is blessing within that fabric. So that fabric also symbolizes, you know, not just accomplishment, but it is a blanket of protection. It is a understanding of what's to come next. Yeah. And the Nyasopo, which is an indinkran symbol that is on the stole event. I mean, on the stole itself. Mm-hmm. There are over 60 indinkran symbols. Wow. They, uh, and you will see them a lot. Like if you go to Kirkland's or Pier, <laughs> Pier One or Target. Yeah, right. They, I mean, they're they're replicated symbols that you see on a lot of Africanistic, wow. you know, home goods and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the Nasopo means uh, wisdom, ingenuity, intelligence, and patience. Uh, and it's this idea that a wise person who has the capacity to choose the best means to attain a goal. So being wise implies being knowledgeable, being able to learn and experience and an ability to apply, you know, such faculties to the practical ends. And so which is very symbolic of the nature of graduating. Yeah. And I'm so glad you pointed out that the stoles themselves carry so much meaning, not only in the design itself, but how it was made. I'm so glad you pointed that out because that's got to feel so much even more special, you know, from every point along the way of this ceremony and what it takes to offer these beautiful hand-woven stoles. I mean, for students, that's got to feel particularly special too and more even adds to that reverence, which we were Mm -hmm. talking about, which I think so many young people may not have access to uh, opportunities that give them that kind of reverence in their lives, especially with students like you mentioned who have faced adversity, may not have close family connections here. They might, you know, to find a, a family here, to have that be honored in a special ceremony like this that has so much rich history behind it and really seems like 
you know, no matter what your religious background is, something that's re- very much sacred in a way and in a kind of a spiritual experience for students of all backgrounds. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that that is a part of Brunel's rich history now. And I'm curious, you know, from your perspective as a professor, as a mentor to students, as a, as a Brunel alumna, what do you hope that future graduates will take away from this ceremony? I know that you've heard from students that have participated already, but do you have any hopes for the future of this particular tradition? And um, what do you hope that future graduates will take away from it? Well, I hope they take away from the event is that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. They were never alone in, on this journey. I know as, you know, being students of any program, academic program, there are times where each of us has felt alone or this mindset, am I really going to make it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so this ceremony acknowledges that you have made it. You are here. Uh, you are going to be continuously supported. Even as a Brunel alum, you can always call Brunel home. And I always tell my own dance majors once they graduate, you're always open to communicate with us, ask us questions, let us know what you need, how best we can provide that. And with this ceremony, I want each student to understand their journey is not in vain and that they're um, now that they're cloaked with this stole, that they find protection, they find resilience, they find motivation. And I hope that they look at that stole event every time that they see it, especially if they journey into their next academic role, whether it's pursuing a master's or a doctorate or a certification, that they understand that change is always great. Change is never easy, but they know at the end of the road, they're going to make an impact. And hopefully their impact as global citizens and as as I call, I say, change disruptors, Yeah, (laughs) uh, that they make an impact um, in their communities and in the world at large. Oh, wow. I mean, well said. And I I surely hope for that future as well. And it seems like Brunel is is well on its way. And I'm so uh, glad that there are new traditions that are started at Brunel, that it's the type of university that is welcoming to new traditions and new ideas like this to uh, make all students feel accepted and empowered to pursue their their dreams, no matter what adversities that they're facing. And to have that honor of this Nyansopo Kente soul ceremony, so special. And I so appreciate you, uh, Marie, for telling us about this tradition. Uh, I'm curious, you know, for anyone who is listening that might not know or might want to learn more about this tradition in general, um, I'm sure there are probably some resources online or more information um, on Brunel's website, but is there anything that you wanted to leave our audience with if they're curious about this tradition in particular? Oh, most definitely. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, BFSA at Brunel. And I believe for Instagram is BFSA underscore at underscore Brunel. That's where we post a lot of our information, upcoming events or tidbits of of knowledge. Also, feel free to also email us for particular questions at bfsa at brunel.edu. Also, and just a reminder, our ceremony is open to the public. Family, friends is open to the public. And the ceremony always occurs 
the Tuesday, the week of commencement. So Tuesday, the week of commencement is when the stole ceremony happens and it's always hosted at Pierce Auditorium. Wonderful. Well, Madie, thank you so much for sharing this with us. And yeah, folks, if you're interested in learning more, I've got those links in the description. So please do check them out. And Madie, thank you so much again. We would love to have you back on maybe to talk about some uh, some what's going on in the uh, Brunel Dance Department next time. We'd love to know more about that, too. Most definitely. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Then Again is a production of the Northeast Georgia History Center in Gainesville, Georgia. Our podcast is edited by media producer Guada Rodriguez. Our digital and on-site programs are made possible by the Ada May Ivester Education Center. Please join us next week for another episode of Then Again. <laughs>